Calling all nutrition nerds, fitness foodies, and anyone who may be health curious. I'm Anna, a graduate student in nutrition and a dietetic intern, and I'm here to be your guide on this journey to better well-being. Welcome to All In Nutrition, the podcast where we dive deep into the world of nutrition, health, and fitness, serving up digestible insights for people who are hungry to learn. Whether you're a wellness warrior or just starting out on your health and nutrition journey, we can support you along the way. Get ready to unlock the secrets to a healthier, happier you. Let's go all in on nutrition. Hi guys, welcome back to the All In Nutrition podcast. I'm your host, Anna, and I'm so happy you're here. Happy almost Valentine's Day. Actually, happy Galentine's Day. This episode should be coming out on the 13th, so happy Galentine's to all my ladies. I love Galentine's. Actually, I don't always get to, you know, celebrate or do something with the girls, but I love the idea of prioritizing your female friendships instead of just focusing on your relationship status. But Whether you're single or in a relationship or a situationship this year, I hope you can put yourself first, give yourself some love, and remember that this holiday is mostly about candy, so it's not that deep. Don't make it deep. So, for this week and the upcoming episodes um, over the next few weeks, I have been polling you guys on my Instagram to find out what topics you want covered what questions you need answered, and the topic for this week's episode was one of the highest requested on the poll. So this week's topic is weight loss 101. If you are on a weight loss journey or you're thinking of starting one, this episode is for you. We are going to cover the absolute basics of weight loss, why weight loss diets don't work, some tools and strategies for you to use, techniques to lose weight without dieting or counting calories, as well as some common mistakes and weight loss troubleshooting. I am just going to give the trigger warning at the top here that this episode is very weight focused. So if discussions of body weight and dieting are triggering for you, this may not be the right episode for you to listen to. So please proceed with caution if this is something that you find triggering. My other disclaimer for this episode is that I do not promote or endorse weight loss for its own sake. Weight loss alone will not make you happier. Forever chasing thinness will not make you happier or make you love your body. So I'm not recording this episode because I think everyone needs to lose weight or because I think weight loss is the ultimate goal. I'm making this episode because it was something that you guys requested on Instagram and I want to help you and give you accurate information so that you don't have to go running to another diet or an unqualified fitness influencer for bad advice. I definitely don't recommend going on a weight loss journey. If you have any kind of history with disordered eating, chronic dieting, body dysmorphia, or self-harm. Those things really need to be addressed because 
weight loss is not the answer to these issues and probably will only make them worse. So that's my blanket disclaimer that I'm not making this episode because I want everyone to lose weight. I'm making this episode because this is what you guys wanted to learn about. All right, here we go. Let's start with the basics of weight loss. This is the beginner's guide to weight loss. Tune in, take some notes. The most basic formula for weight loss is energy consumed from food minus the energy burned through living and exercising. For weight loss to occur, the energy going out has to be greater than the energy going in, which creates an energy deficit, also called a calorie deficit. This is why the phrase calories in, calories out, or eat less and move more are really popular and common in the fitness and weight loss industry. Now, how does this work in your body? How do you figure out your own formula, so to speak? How do you calculate your personal calories in and your calories out? You have to start with your basal metabolic rate. This is also known as your resting energy expenditure. They mean slightly different things, but they are essentially the same when it comes to weight loss. Um, This is just the amount of energy, the amount of calories. Calories are just units of energy. So the amount of energy your body needs to just exist. Not up moving around, working, exercising. This is the amount of energy you use just by lying in bed, breathing, and being alive. You can calculate this yourself with a formula called the Mifflin-St. George formula. This is considered the most accurate, and it's what we use as dietitians to calculate energy needs for our patients. So you can Google this formula and do the math yourself, or just Google it, and a few websites will pop up with a little calculator, and you can put in all of your information, and it's going to pop out a number. Just try to use a reputable website, okay? Um, So I'll go ahead and do it right now for an example so we can walk through my, like, numbers. So my basal metabolic rate, and then I'll talk through the calories as if I were trying to lose weight. Okay. With the formula that I just told y'all about, no, I'm not actually going to talk about my height and weight I think that would be a little too much and I don't want people to like have any ideas about their goals. But anyways, using the formula, my basal metabolic rate is 1,366 calories per day. So that is what my body is using just to stay alive and keep my organs functioning. But I do a lot more every day than just lay in bed. Most people do if you're not like bed fast or in a coma. So you're going to multiply that number, the basal metabolic rate, by an activity factor. This is just a number that estimates how many extra calories you're burning every day based on your daily activities. I do this for my patients every day to estimate their needs based on their activity level. So for someone who is ambulatory, someone who can walk but doesn't really get up and around a lot, I would maybe multiply their metabolic rate by like, 1.1 to 1.2 or maybe 1.3 just a small factor to account for any light activity that they may do in the course of their daily life but for me it's a little bit different 
I work on my feet at, in my job at Starbucks. So that's like eight hours a day per day, um, like four days, three or four days a week on my feet. Plus I go to the gym about five to six times per week. So I'm probably more active than just the average person. So I am gonna multiply my met metabolic rate by like 1.5 to 1.6 because I'm pretty active. And you always want to give yourself a range. So I don't really think you need to have like just one number that you try to hit every single day. Um, so I'm gonna do 1.5 and 1.6. So multiplied by 1.5 would be 2004 calories. And let's do 1.6. That would be uh, 2,137 calories. So this is a good estimate of how many calories my body is using every day when I'm being active and going to work in the gym. Now, I am not trying to lose weight, but if I were, I would be trying to get in a calorie deficit. So I would subtract a couple hundred calories from this number to get a deficit. And just a note right here, you do not have to count calories or macros to lose weight, but this is the most basic and precise way to explain how it works. So how many calories per day should you cut or how big of a deficit do you need? The conventional wisdom is to subtract 500 calories per day. And the reason for that is that this is a daily calorie deficit needed to lose one pound per week. You may have heard that one pound of fat is equal to about 3,500 calories worth of energy. So if you are cutting out 500 calories per day, seven days a week, that comes out to 3,500 calories or one pound. Here's why I don't recommend that. A 500 calorie deficit is kind of a lot. Uh, depending on what your daily energy expenditure is, subtracting 500 calories may set your calories like crazy low, especially if you are exercising. Here's what to do instead. With the caveat, of course, that this involves calories and calorie counting. My recommendation is creating a two to 300 calorie deficit with your food, just a small deficit and then add some exercise to your routine if you don't exercise already. Exercise will increase your energy expenditure. So combining that with a small deficit from food will create enough of a deficit that you'll be losing weight without trying to cut 500 calories from your day. So following that rule, I would be eating about 1800 calories per day, keeping my current exercise routine to be losing about one pound per week. Now, to be honest, I have no idea how much I currently eat in a day. I don't count my calories. I don't track my intake at all. I just eat how I want to and how it feels or how it feels good to me. A lot of people don't really know how much they eat in a day and studies have shown that people can under or overestimate their calorie intake by up to 600 calories per day, which is a pretty big margin for error. So. If counting calories is not triggering for you and you want to know how much you're eating in a day, there are lots of free mobile apps that can just help you get a good idea of how much you actually eat in a day. Tracking for a few days or a week can give you a more accurate picture of what your daily intake is 
And from there, you can see what opportunities you have to adjust your daily intake to meet your goals. When I see patients for weight management, I do always ask about exercise and recommend exercise. However, the biggest weight loss results are going to come from food and adjusting your energy intake. The reason why I always recommend exercise is because this is going to make your weight loss more sustainable. Here's why. I hate to break this to you if you've never heard it before, but losing weight slows down your metabolism. This is true for literally everyone. It's a phenomenon known as adaptive thermogenesis, and it occurs because our bodies are smart and want to survive. We were just talking about the basal metabolic rate and how that is calculated, but your metabolic rate runs at a certain level based on your size and the amount of muscle and fat tissue you have. And also whether or not you have a critical illness, but that is beyond the scope of this episode. If you were to starve completely, your body would slowly consume your muscle and fat stores in order to create the energy needed to keep your organs running as long as possible. The body doesn't like starvation, obviously. The body doesn't want to lose weight and is primed to store energy as fat and carbohydrate stores to prevent starvation and weight loss. So when we consciously decide to reduce our energy intake in order to lose weight, we can be successful at first due to being in a calorie deficit, but over time, what will happen is that the body adapts to stop the weight loss because your cells are just doing their job and trying to avoid continual permanent weight loss and eventual starvation and death. Your body slows your metabolic rate as you lose weight to reach an equilibrium with your reduced calorie intake. This is what most people experience as a weight loss plateau. This is why people cannot just indefinitely lose weight by creating a calorie deficit like I was just talking about. And this is where the importance of exercise comes in. Exercise will help you push past this plateau by intentionally increasing your energy expenditure, which will help you combat the adaptive thermogenesis that is slowing your metabolism. So while it is difficult to lose weight with exercise alone, the combined effect of reducing your calorie intake and increasing your energy expenditure with exercise can create sustained weight loss. Increasing your metabolic rate through exercise is also going to help you maintain the weight loss over time. One of the best things you can do for your metabolism is to lift weights. I think I talked about resistance exercise and the importance of resistance training in the last episode, but I'm going to talk about it again and I'll probably keep talking about it for a long time. Resistance exercise, strength training, these are different terms for the same thing, but this is just exercise that is focused on strengthening your muscles rather than cardio exercise, which is focused on increasing your heart rate. Strength training can be any kind of exercise that challenges your muscles. It doesn't have to just be heavy weights. You can do body weight workouts, Pilates, yoga. All of these are examples of low impact, low resistance training that is still going to be challenging. I mean, push-ups are only with your body weight and they're still hard, right? So don't fall for the trap that you like have to be a power lifter or a bodybuilder to strength train effectively and build some muscle. 
strength training and weightlifting are so great for your metabolism because you're focused on building muscle and muscle burns more calories than fat. I don't remember the exact numbers or the rate, but muscle is more metabolically active than fat, which means that your metabolic rate will be much higher if you have a lot of muscle versus having a lot of fat. Cardio exercise doesn't really build muscle. Um, it builds cardiac muscle, but uh, not skeletal muscle, which are the muscles we think about when we think about lifting weights. Um, running will build muscle in your legs, but not really anywhere else on your body. So even through, or even though cardio exercise makes it seem like you're burning a lot of calories, especially if you're tracking on like an Apple watch or a fitness watch, over the long term, building muscle will make the biggest difference in your metabolic rate. The thing that usually trips people up with weightlifting when it comes to weight loss is that muscle is heavy. So whatever weight, whatever number on the scale that you have in mind as a weight loss goal, you probably won't get there by building muscle. I definitely fell into this trap where I wanted to lose a few pounds, but I was getting into weightlifting at the time because I really wanted more muscle. I wanted like some muscle definition and I would get frustrated and freaked out by the fact that either I wasn't losing weight or I would gain weight. And what I know now is that I was gaining muscle, which is great, but gaining muscle may not show up on the scale as weight loss. If you lose a pound of fat and replace it with a pound of muscle, then the scale won't change at all, right? We lost one and we gained one. And if you gain more muscle, but you haven't really lost like a lot of fat, then the scale will go up. So the scale is not really a useful tool past a certain point when it comes to building muscle, but resistance exercise and building muscle preserve your metabolism over time. So this is really going to pay dividends when it comes to maintaining your weight loss and your body composition. Okay, so everything we just talked about, I think we've really covered the basics of how weight loss works and how to get started on a weight loss journey. So now let's get into diets, why they don't work, and why they're not the answer for you when it comes to weight loss. We just talked about calorie deficits and how a deficit is necessary to lose weight, and this is what diets are designed to do. I think I talked about this in episode two, which was my most hated diets. All diets are designed to create a calorie deficit. Doesn't matter what type of diet it is. If it's a keto diet, low-fat diet, grapefruit diet, macro diet, all of them create an energy deficit by adjusting the portions or ratios of food that you eat to induce weight loss. Some diets are more popular than others, some are more effective than others, and some are just weird. But I can tell you right now that in my opinion, they are all bad and they're not effective long-term. And that's not my opinion. Actually, this might surprise you, but dieting is a risk factor for predicting future weight gain, which basically means that in the long run, dieting makes you gain weight. So it's not even worth it. But why do diets predict future weight gain? The whole point is weight loss. They're advertised for weight loss and promoted as the answer to your weight loss struggle. So this seems very counterintuitive. The answer is adaptive thermogenesis, our friend that we just talked about with calorie counting and calorie deficits. 
most weight loss diets are creating an intense calorie deficit, which is why the diet is only meant to be followed for a few weeks or a couple of months. They're very restrictive. So they know that people can't follow the diet forever. So the diet is designed to create a very intense energy deficit that will get you some weight loss results in the short term. But over the long term, you will always gain the weight back because your metabolism has slowed down due to the energy deficit of the diet, usually an extreme energy deficit, and your eating will return to normal after the diet is over. So many people may see themselves gain back all the weight they lost, plus even more because their metabolism is slower. And in the days before good weight loss advice was easily available, this would probably send you running back to the same diet or a different one, thinking there was something wrong with you, when in fact, diets are creating the problem and selling you the solution at the same time. It's a vicious cycle. I know that popular opinion has really finally come around to the idea that diets don't work over the past 10 or so years, but I think this is worth talking about because diets are still around. We just don't talk about them the same way. Keto is a diet, Whole30 is a diet, Paleo is a diet. These are really restrictive eating patterns that require you to stay on the diet to maintain your results, which most people cannot do. Whatever you do to lose weight, you have to be able to do it for the rest of your life if you want to maintain your results, even just counting calories or your macros. And the reason for this is that dieting teaches you that you can't trust your body, can't listen to your body, that you have to go to extremes to control yourself and monitor what you're eating to be able to lose or maintain weight. And while this isn't true, over time, the dieting really disconnects you from your body and your ability to tune into your own hunger and fullness cues, your personal preferences around food, and your body's natural set point weight to the point where you feel like you need a diet or some kind of very rigid plan to feel in control around food and your weight. But I'm here to tell you that I don't believe in that. I don't currently count calories. I have rarely counted calories. And when I do, I don't feel like I get anything out of it except some anxiety around what I'm eating. If you're still in that place where you feel stuck or you feel like you don't want to diet, but you can't lose weight without a diet, this is for you. In this next segment of the episode, I'm going to give you some tips to get the ball rolling on your weight loss without having to diet or count calories. Some of these strategies I used myself when I was on a weight loss journey, and it was really effective for me. So I'm excited to pass this on. The first one is one of the best eating strategies um, for weight loss, and you may have heard of this, but it's called volumetrics or volume eating. And this basically means prioritizing foods that are high volume but low in calories. So foods that have low calorie density that you can eat a lot of. I don't really endorse making your meals as low calorie as possible because then you'll still be eating too little calories and you'll be hungry and you'll slow your metabolism even more because you're starving yourself. So my recommendation for this is to look at how you can add volume to your plate. For example, can you add a side salad or some vegetables to your meal? One of the things I would do when I was losing weight was to 
have a salad on the side with dinner every night and I would eat that first. Um, even if the meal is a burger or chicken tenders with french fries. Yes, I still allow myself to have those foods and enjoy those foods and even the french fries, but I just added extra volume and nutrition by having a green salad on the side. Maybe you're having a smoothie and you want it to actually be filling enough for it to be a meal. So add some oats to it or frozen cauliflower rice or even just ice cubes. So these things will make your smoothie thicker and more substantial and we're adding volume to the meal. So we're making it more satisfying while still being relatively low in calories. Another tip that worked well for me is to focus on the satisfaction factor of your meals. A lot of us think about weight loss as a journey of restriction because we were raised on diets and calorie counting, and therefore we dread dieting and weight loss because we feel like we won't be able to have our favorite things. But if you're depriving yourself of your favorite foods, you'll just come to crave those foods even more. And this can lead to binging behavior or to a lot of weight regain once you finally come off your diet and allow yourself to have your cravings. You'll just overeat those foods and regain any weight that you lost. So what I want you to do instead is to think about how you can make each meal truly satisfying for you so that you're not feeling deprived with your cravings out of control or snacking constantly or going hungry between meals. Here's an example. I eat oatmeal every day for breakfast. I love it. I'm a person who needs to have a hot breakfast. I can't do cold breakfast. I've eaten oatmeal every day for years at this point. But plain oatmeal is not super satisfying by itself. It's pretty bland and I used to force myself to eat it this way, but I was always unsatisfied. So what I do now is I incorporate toppings that are going to make this meal more balanced and satisfying to me. I usually have a little bit of peanut butter or some mixed nuts, which gives the meal some fat and protein that are going to give me long-term energy versus the short-term energy of the carbohydrates in the oats. And for fun and satisfaction, I like to do a little spoonful of chocolate chips on top. The chocolate doesn't add any nutrition to the meal, um, in terms of macro or micronutrients, but it adds a little bit of joy. And I personally think joy is an essential nutrient to a healthy diet because I'm incorporating chocolate into the meal and into my day. I'm not craving chocolate or sweets all day. I've honored this craving and found a balanced way to enjoy it. So now it doesn't control me and I'm not raiding the pantry for candy in the afternoons. So start looking for ways to incorporate your cravings into a healthy meal so that you're really satisfied with your meal, not feeling deprived and not feeling like your cravings are controlling you. My third tip for easy weight loss is to move more throughout the day. I'm not talking about extending your workout or your gym time any longer than it already is. Right now, I'm in a phase of my life where I can give the gym like 30 minutes of my day and that's all I have. But one thing you can do to increase your daily energy expenditure is to get active in small ways throughout the day. If you work a desk job, can you incorporate a standing desk so that you're standing up for a part of the day instead of sitting? 
Maybe you can even get a walking pad to put under the desk so you're actually moving throughout your workday. I want a walking pad so badly. I'm putting it off because I live in an upstairs apartment and I don't want to disturb the neighbors, but I really enjoy being up and around during the day and this is an easy way to do it. Something else you could do is just take a walk at lunchtime. Um, depending on what your workplace is like or what the weather is like, maybe you just take a walk around the building, like inside. Can you do some chores or some light housework at home? Um, just put your headphones in and like tidy your house every night to get some extra movement. Or take the stairs instead of the elevator. There's so many things we can do to just be a little more active throughout the day without going extreme or doing two-a-days at the gym because literally who has the time for that? But some extra activity throughout the day can increase your energy expenditure without you even noticing. Plus, bonus points if your house actually gets clean because you're making the effort to get up and do the chores. Alright, in this last little bit of the episode, we're going to go over some common mistakes and some weight loss troubleshooting. This by no means is a comprehensive list, so if you have more specific questions, feel free to shoot me a DM and I can answer it, but... These are the most common mistakes that I see. Some of them I have personally made myself, so I wanted to make sure they were covered. So first up, one big mistake that I see people make and something I did for a while was try to lose weight just with exercise. You can lose a little bit of weight by exercising, especially if you're not exercising at all and then you start to incorporate some physical activity, but this is going to plateau very quickly. The reason for that is because your appetite will increase in proportion to all the extra activity you're doing. So if you're not paying attention to your nutrition as well, then you'll end up eating the extra calories and energy that your body wants to compensate for the exercise and therefore not lose any weight. I love exercise. I encourage everyone to find some type of exercise that they like, but if weight loss is your main goal, then focus on your nutrition and think of exercise as a bonus. Another mistake that people will make is skipping breakfast or skipping meals because they're trying to save calories or create a deficit just by cutting out that meal. This is a problem because first of all, that's probably a lot of calories you're cutting out, so you're creating too big of a deficit. This is gonna make you so hungry that you're either cranky and miserable and hangry between meals or you're snacking constantly, or it catches up to you with late night hunger where you can't stop eating. A lot of people even find themselves having uncontrollable binges due to restricting their intake so much during the day. The best thing you can do for yourself long-term on your weight loss journey is to eat three meals a day or two meals and some snacks, um, whatever balance you need, but eating consistently throughout the day instead of skipping meals. Especially if you already notice that you get really hungry or you binge or you have obsessive thoughts around food. These are all signs that you're not eating enough and you're restricting too much. Sooner or later, you will have to give in and eat. Another mistake that trips people up um, is that sometimes people get the idea that anything that is labeled healthy or vegan or gluten-free, any food that is a, a healthy item, people believe that this means it will also be good for weight loss. 
and this isn't necessarily true. One of the best examples of this is smoothie bowls. Smoothie bowls have such a health halo around them because they look so pretty and aesthetic and healthy. And sure, they might be free of refined sugars and dairy and gluten, but with all the ingredients in them and the toppings that go on top, they can be really high in calories, um, even compared to just one serving of regular ice cream. At the end of the day, weight loss is still about energy balance. It's about a calorie deficit. So if you really want ice cream, then you're better off having a reasonable serving of the ice cream you want versus having the healthier version and eating way more calories than you would with the ice cream. Now, weight loss troubleshooting. I feel like I have answered a lot of the basic fundamentals of weight loss in this episode. So if you are still feeling like you don't know what to do or this stuff doesn't work for you, if you're like, Anna, I've done all that and I cannot lose weight, I want to ask you a few questions. So this section is for my people who think that they can't lose weight no matter what they do. These are some things to think about. Start looking for answers. Start talking to your doctor because what I just outlined in this entire episode, this will work. It will for people who are metabolically healthy and don't have any conditions or medications interfering with their weight loss. So here are the things I want you to think about. Have you started taking any new medications or are you on a lot of medications? What are the side effects of those medications? Do they interact with each other? Do you have a family history of diabetes, prediabetes, or insulin resistance? Have you had children? Do you feel constantly fatigued or tired? Do you have gut issues constantly, like bloating, constipation, diarrhea? Are you noticing a combination of symptoms that you've never had before, like weight gain, hair loss, fatigue, extreme changes in appetite, headaches, brain fog. All of these things could be signs that there's something going on underneath that is affecting your body's ability to lose weight, and it could be a sign of something more serious than weight loss. So if you've tried to lose weight and you just can't, and you're noticing some of these things as well, Maybe it's time to talk to your doctor about figuring out what's going on with your metabolism and don't take no for an answer. All right, guys, I think it is time for me to stop talking. I really enjoyed doing this episode, though. I hope there were some good takeaways for you and that you feel really confident um, on your weight loss journey. Just remember that you are beautiful and valuable exactly the way you are and your weight won't change that. Please let me know if you enjoyed this episode and if you want to keep doing like a 101 type of episode and let me know what topics you want to go over next. Okay, I will see you next week. Bye! Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the All In Nutrition Podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe and find me on Instagram at Anna's All In and the Nutrition Podcast at All In Nutrition Pod. I'll see you guys next week. Bye.